Welcome to Zazlo Show 2.0, presented from day one by Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys. You're dealing with any kind of accident, any personal injury, slip and fall, motorcycle, car accident, bike. Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys, 800 747 free. That's 800 747 3733. Title sponsors from day number one. No. Before day number one of Zaslow Show 2.0, my guys Mark Anajar, Glenn Levine, Ellie Anajar, they believe in me. If you're listening to the show right now and you're dealing with any kind of personal injury, I'm sending you to my friends, Anajar and Levine, accident attorneys. You don't have to deal with the insurance companies. You don't have to deal with the medical bills. You need to focus on getting right. That's where they come in. They handle all the stuff that you don't want to be bothered with. You need to make sure you're getting healthy and they're going to make sure you're getting the money that you deserve. Anna Jar and Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. Proud title sponsors of Zaslow Show 2.0. Hey, if you've been searching for a refreshing beer that feels like you're back in the Caribbean, well, search no more. Proud sponsor of Zaslow Show 2.0, Johnny Cuba. It's a lifestyle. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul, a refreshing German lager in a can. That's right. Pick up a six-pack of Johnny Cuba, Sedano's, Presidente, Winn-Dixie. Got great six-pack deals going on right now. You got... Hot sauce, that's right, made from selected Caribbean habanero peppers. You know your boy Zazlo loves the hot sauce. Go pick up some Caribbean soul in a can. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo. If you're a homeowner, you need to make sure you have the proper coverage. And that's why I'm sending you to Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance and Financial Services because we know that if there's, God forbid, an issue with our home, we need to know that we're covered properly. From Pensacola to the Keys and beyond, Brunt Insurance and Financial Services delivers comprehensive insurance and financial solutions tailored to your needs. Since 2013, Brunt Insurance specializes in home and auto insurance. Bruntinsurance.com. You could also check them out on social media at Brunt Insurance. Look, the market's confusing. Let Brunt Insurance sort it all out for you with their fully licensed staff, and they know the area. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance to make sure that they're covered, and that's why I'm sending you to them as well. Bruntinsurance.com. 954-589-2204. Welcome aboard. This is Zazlo Show 2.0. Welcome to Zazlo Show 2.0, presented from day one by Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys. You're dealing with any kind of accident, any personal injury, slip and fall, motorcycle, car accident, bike, Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. 
888-789-3733. Title sponsors from day number one. No, before day number one of Zaslow Show 2.0. My guys, Mark Anajar, Glenn Levine, Ellie Anajar. They believe in me. If you're listening to the show right now and you're dealing with any kind of personal injury, I'm sending you to my friends, Anajar and Levine, Accident Attorneys. You don't have to deal with the insurance companies. You don't have to deal with the medical bills. You need to focus on getting right. That's where they come in. They handle all the stuff that you don't want to be bothered with. You need to make sure you're getting healthy, and they're going to make sure you're getting the money that you deserve. Anna John Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. Proud title sponsors of Zaslow Show 2.0. Hey, if you've been searching for a refreshing beer that feels like you're back in the Caribbean, well, search no more. Proud sponsor of Zaslow Show 2.0, Johnny Cuba. It's a lifestyle. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul, a refreshing German lager in a can. That's right. Pick up a six-pack of Johnny Cuba, Sedanos, Presidente, Win dixie Got great six-pack deals going on right now. You got hot sauce, that's right, made from selected Caribbean habanero peppers. You know your boy Zaslow loves the hot sauce. Go pick up some Caribbean soul in a can. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo. If you're a homeowner, you need to make sure you have the proper coverage. And that's why I'm sending you to Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance and Financial Services because we know that if there's, God forbid, an issue with our home, we need to know that we're covered properly. From Pensacola to the Keys and beyond, Brunt Insurance and Financial Services delivers comprehensive insurance and financial solutions tailored to your needs. Since 2013, Brunt Insurance specializes in home and auto insurance. Bruntinsurance.com. You could also check them out on social media at Brunt Insurance. Look, the market's confusing. Let Brunt Insurance sort it all out for you with their fully licensed staff, and they know the area. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance to make sure that they're covered, and that's why I'm sending you to them as well. Bruntinsurance.com. 954-589-2204. Welcome aboard. This is Zaslow Show 2.0. Welcome, Zaslow Show 2.0. It is a Thursday, the 29th of December. Good to have you aboard. We got a lot happening today. However, you're listening to us. I love you long time. Make sure you like, you rate, you comment. You tell your friends, you tell your family, do all that good stuff. And of course, Anna Jar and Levine, our title sponsor, can't do any of this without them. If you're dealing with any type of personal injury from an accident, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. Make sure you check out the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Zaslow Show. Been getting a lot of good comments, some good reaction there as well. But same thing with the podcast. Make sure you like you rate, you comment. The algorithm needs you to do that, all right? So make sure you get involved in all that good stuff. I'm very excited about tonight. 
The Heat lost. The Heat won. Heat lost. I'm so used to saying that. The Heat won last night. So they are they're actually now at 18 and 17. The Heat are are in the playoff p- p- picture. And I'm not talking about the play in. They're actually in the top six. I think for the first time this year. So it's like a three-way tie, but I guess the Heat currently own the tie break. I mean, it's way too early to talk about that kind of stuff. But the Heat beat the Lakers last night. We'll get to that in a moment. Uh, Panthers back in action tonight. Brett Romberg, my former co-host, he's going to join us on the show today. We'll we'll get his thoughts on the Canes. We'll, we'll, we'll see what's going on there. I know the Canes fan out there will enjoy a little bit of Canes talk here on Zaslow Show 2.0. Also, we'll, uh, I want to talk to him about concussions. I want to talk to him about what's going on with Tua. I mean, I, I, I did a show with Brett for years. I know he's had a bunch of concussions. We'll, uh, we'll ask him if he knows how many he's had. So we'll get his thoughts there. We'll get a former player on to talk about what's going on with Tua. So Brett will join us coming up. That'll be a lot of fun. Now, the NFL Week 17 gets going tonight. Cowboys and Titans. If you're a, a, a longtime Zaslow Show listener, then you know that we used to do Jamie Eisenberg, fantasy football on Thursdays. He would give us the tips. He now joins us on Fridays. So tomorrow, Jamie Eisenberg will be on with us. CBS Sports fantasy football expert. He'll give us the goods as far as that's concerned. All right. So make sure that you don't forget about that. You want to get all the good fantasy football advice tomorrow. But, and like I said, we'll, uh, we'll get to, we'll get the heat in a second here, but I'm very excited about tonight, by the way. Shout out to both Amber Wilson and Joy Taylor yesterday. Uh, uh, Zaslow Coach and Tree was representing yesterday. Amber was fantastic on first take. I watched it after my show, and I listened to a lot of Joy. I was in the car for quite a bit yesterday. I listened to a lot of Joy. She was hosting The Herd before doing her regular gig hosting Speak on FS1. So just a great job by the girls right there. Hopefully you were able to catch some of that. Now, tonight, I will see you. At FTX Arena, WWE Live, the holiday tour, is making a stop at FTX Arena here. It is a SmackDown house show. I'm very excited about that. If if you're going tonight, you see your boy, you see a two-time championship broadcaster, you say what's up, you say hello. I'm going there with my younger son, Jordan. I'm very excited. WWE house shows, it's funny. When I was a kid, well, all you really had was a house show. And if you showed up one time and they were taping a WWF Superstars episode, which they used to tape like two or three weeks worth of episodes in, in, one, in one night. If you were showing up and all of a sudden it was a Superstars taping, which happened to me one time. Oh my God, it was amazing. That was so cool. But otherwise, house shows were all we had. This was before you had WWF Monday Night Raw. So house shows was all I went to as a kid. Excuse me. Then you get a little bit older and you get the the weekly shows. You get Raw, you get SmackDown, you want to go to the TV shows. But then as I got even older than that, like where I am now, the house shows are where it's at, man. House shows are what you want to go to because there's no commercial breaks. All the matches are like really long. They're a good length and you get a ton of interaction between the superstars and the audience. House shows are so much fun. So if you got kids and you're looking to get them involved, uh, you want to see if they'll enjoy a little bit of pro wrestling action, tonight's a great opportunity. FTX Arena, WWE Live. I remember the first time I took my older son. I took him when he was maybe like four and a half. And and I hadn't watched wrestling like regularly in a while. Like years. But now I got a little kid. And 
Let's see if he's into it. And if he's into it, then I would love to watch it with him. I'll, I'll get right back into it, you know? This is like nine years ago. And I remember we went to a WWE house show at FLA Live Arena. And like I was really wondering how he was going to react to it. Within like a minute, he was into it. Like on his feet and and cheering and clapping. I'm like, oh, this is going to be fun. So if, if, if you got it, like this is a good opportunity. If you've never taken your kids to go see Pro Wrestling Live, they're, the tickets are super affordable. When you want to go to the shows that are on TV, they're really expensive. But a night like tonight, lower level seats, really affordable. I highly recommend going. It's a great time. It's a lot of fun. Good family atmosphere. WWF. It's a major difference between WWE. Uh, WWE, excuse me. Major difference between WWE and AEW. Not that AEW isn't for families, but WWE really caters to a family environment, family experience. So I'm excited about tonight. Haven't been to WWE in probably a few months. So we're into that tonight. Unfortunately, I'll be missing the Panther game. Although I'm not really going to miss the Panther game. I'm going to record it. So nobody texts me. No messages. No spoilers. All right. Don't tell me what's going on with the Panthers. Panthers are back in action tonight against the Canadiens. Two teams that suck. Panthers suck, but they're still my team. So back tonight, it looks like they're getting healthy. It looks like they could get Barkov, Ekblad, and Radko Gudis, the butcher. All three of those guys could be back tonight. It's like, obviously, team has to get healthy, but the, the team was healthy earlier in the season, and they, they weren't winning, you know, they weren't winning many games. So, team stinks. It, it's, it's, it, it, they're killing me. They are. But you had the Christmas break, so, you know, maybe you could start a little bit fresh here, uh, even though having the murderer of fun behind the bench, Paul Maurice, that's a killer. So, Panthers tonight. I'll be recording that. No spoilers. Nobody tell me what's going on. I'm going to watch the game late night style. After I get home from WWE Live. I'm very excited about that. But let's get into the heat here. And obviously we know Tua is out for this weekend. We'll, we'll get to it in a moment here. And then we'll bring Romberg aboard. But let's get to the heat. So the heat win last night. 112-98. was a fun game. For, really for the full 48 minutes. He played really well. And while the heat offense was good. It was the defense that led the way. We know the Lakers are not good. Uh, you know Anthony Davis. LeBron did play. I was annoyed though yesterday. I was. You know in general. I'm, I'm annoyed overall with the whole NBA player resting and not playing. And I get it that LeBron's 38. So he may not play in back-to-backs. Although, I'll say a couple things why that annoys me. Number one, you watched LeBron last night. He had 27 points, 9 rebounds, 6 assists. He was 10 of 18 from the floor. He was really good. Did it look like LeBron can't play in a back-to-back? I mean, he's, he's the greatest player. He could play in back-to-backs, all right? Chooses not to. But he played last night. I was also annoyed because we got to like 5.30, which is normally when you get the you get the next injury report. So we were two hours before the game. And LeBron was still questionable. Still no word. And that bothered me because what did LeBron say the night before? I'm just going by what he said, right? What did LeBron say the night before? So he played against Orlando, played in Orlando. And is he going to play the next day in Miami? And he probably played yesterday Because it is Miami, and he wanted to play in front of the Heat fan. You know, he had the best best years there in front of the Heat fan. He never used to play when he went back to Cleveland in front of Miami. He used to love ducking that game. But with the Lakers, he plays in it, so you like that. What did LeBron say two nights ago? He'll decide, he'll he'll know if he could play, he'll decide if he's going to play when he wakes up. 
Okay, it's fair. 5.30 p.m. yesterday, we still don't know. Nothing. No word. No word from him, no word from the Lakers, no word from anyone. I'm, I'm just going by what LeBron said. He would know when he wakes up. And, like, we got nothing. So, you got fans who, who have paid a lot of money to go to the game to see LeBron. Maybe you got people who are considering going to the game, paying a lot of money to see LeBron. Said when he wakes up. He's going to let everybody know if he's playing. 5.30 p.m. We don't know anything. So, that really bothered me yesterday. But, I'm glad he ended up playing. The Heat, for the most part, played... He played one of their better games of the year, I think, start to finish. And... Look, when you get Jimmy and Bam playing, both of them return, you're going to get an efficient game. Jimmy had 27 points. He was 11 of 18. You take away the three. He was 0 for 4 from 3. So from inside three-point range, he was 11 of 14 last night. Excellent job there by Jimmy. Got to the free throw line a little bit. Bam had 23 points and 14 rebounds. He was 10 of 16. I mean, how about that? The two of them combined 21 for 34. Excellent job. And Hero at 18 points and 9 assists. He struggled from the floor. <coughs> Excuse me. Whoa, that was gross. Uh, he was just 6 of 17 from the floor, but he was 3 of 7 from 3. And uh, Caleb Martin was also in double figures. So the Heat get over the 500 mark. They are now in the 6th playoff spot. And they begin a 5-game road trip tomorrow. Tough trip. Starts in Denver. You like that they start in Denver as opposed to second night of a back-to-back. That's always a killer when you play the second night of a back-to-back in Denver. So Denver, Utah, L.A. Clippers, L.A. Lakers, Phoenix. And we know with Phoenix, Devin Booker's out a month. The the two games you're looking at, you got to win in Utah. You got to win in Phoenix. All right? Those two games right there. Actually, sorry, I misspoke. You got to win in Utah. And you got to win at the Lakers. That would put you 2-2 two and two going into the final game of that trip, which would be in Phoenix. And no Devin Booker. It's Struggle City right now for the Suns, including yesterday. They lost again. They got smoked, I think, by Washington. You want to put yourself in a position for 2-2 two and two going into that final game. Where 2-3 and three is not a bad trip, but you put yourself in a position for an above 500 road trip if you do that. And that would be a very good trip. So I think that's what we're looking at. You need to split these first two games between Denver. You know, look at little pockets. You need to split these first two games, Denver and Utah. I think Utah's probably the one you're going to get. You got to split those two, and then you want to split the two games in Los Angeles, Lakers and Clippers. And then you put yourself in a good position for the fifth game, which is in Phoenix. So that's what you're looking at, right? Split the first two, split the next two, and then play out the final game of the trip. Now, Kyle Lowry... Missed the game last night. He missed the game for personal reasons. This is the first game this season that he's missed for personal reasons. He missed a lot of games last season for personal reasons. We don't know what it is. Uh, we don't need to know. That's it. That's what personal is. All right. That's the definition of personal reasons. And you know, look, full disclosure, you know I'm not a Kyle Lowry fan. I have not enjoyed watching him play for the Heat. But while personal reasons is not something that the public needs to know, it's not something that fans need to know, I also completely understand fans being upset. I do. You don't like you're you're a Heat fan and you're annoyed that Kyle Lowry misses games for personal reasons, you're allowed to be upset. You are. There'll be people there in the media who tell you. Uh, uh, that you're you're being like that you're 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 being disrespectful. Have a little bit of class. Uh, no, no, 
You're you're allowed to. Same thing we talked about yesterday. You're allowed to want Tua to play. You are. You got guys on television. You got people in the media. Oh, we're talking about a player's health. We're talking about a player's safety. It could be both. You're allowed to talk about a player's health and safety and also want him to play. You don't have to apologize for wanting Tua to play. You don't apologize for being a fan. You don't have to. Don't, don't let the people on television, don't let the media, don't let the writers, very self-righteous, don't let them tell you that you need to apologize for that. You don't. And the same thing here. You can, you, you, you don't deserve, it's not your right, you don't deserve to know why Kyle Lowry's missing games for personal reason. From what I understand, it is, like last year was a really serious issue. I would assume this is among, you know, in line with the same issues that were last year. It is not your right as a fan to know why he's missing the game. It's not. But you're allowed to be upset. You're allowed to be upset that a player who they're given $30 million a season has underperformed in a very big way, was out of shape last year, was awful in the playoffs, and continues to miss games because of personal reasons. You're allowed to be upset. Now, like I said, it's not your right to know why. And and there is, you can be upset about it or annoyed with it, whatever, in a respectful manner. Like, what if you had a personal issue? Don't you want people to understand? Here's the thing. No one's paying money to watch you work. No one. Again, be respectful. You know, I'm not sitting here telling them, hey, play through it. Who cares what's going on? No, no, no. No one's doing that. And if you are doing that, you you check yourself, all right? But if you had a personal issue and you have to miss time at work, no one's paying to watch you work. It's not the same thing. No one is heavily invested in you and your success at the office. It's not the same thing. No one's paying money. No one's paying their hard-earned money to watch you work and succeed. People are paying money and are heavily invested in their favorite team. They are. It's not the same thing. You're allowed to understand that he's missing games due to personal reasons and also be annoyed. You are. Don't let the writers, don't let people on social media, don't let people on television, although no one on television is talking about Kyle Lowry. He's he's irrelevant. But don't let them tell you, oh, Stop questioning Kyle Lowry and why he's missing games because of personal reasons. Have some respect. You're allowed to care about the product on the court. Unless they stop charging you. Unless you're not paying for the games anymore. Unless it's completely free to go to the games. Like, you're allowed to... I do think you could show some respect for the situation and be allowed to be upset and be allowed to be annoyed that they can't get this thing going. Now, they won last night but that they can't get this thing going because Kyle Lowry has to miss time because of personal reasons. You're allowed to show respect and also be annoyed because you're paying money. If you're going to games, you have season tickets, whatever. And or you're heavily invested because you've been a fan for 35 years. You're allowed to be, you're heavily invested and you're allowed to be upset because the product isn't up to snuff because you have a player who keeps missing time. Now, that's not necessarily the case this year. Again, first game he's missed time due to personal reasons, but you're allowed to, when is he coming back? No, stop asking when he's coming back. He's dealing with a personal issue. No, you're you're allowed to ask. 
Stop letting the people on social media, stop letting the writers, it's all very self-righteous. You're, you're, you're allowed to want, like, we went through this, right? We went through this with the Chris Bosh stuff. And thank God, look, love Chris Bosh, all-time great, love him. But the Heat fam, you're not allowed to be upset that he was having blood clots, that, that, that's ridiculous. But when he was going through what he was going through with the blood clots, I remember you would have fans asking, hey, is it possible we can come back this year? When do you think you can come back? And you would get really self-righteous writers, people covering the team, so self-righteous. How dare you ask when he's coming back? He's, he's, dealing, with a, he's dealing with a serious personal issue. Are the games free? Are the games free now? Are we not charging for the games? Because if, if the games are not free, as a fan, I'm allowed to wonder about the product on the court. I'm allowed to I'm allowed to be concerned about Chris Bosch and then also wonder is it possible he can come back because I paid a lot of money and I'm heavily invested in the team's success. And you had a lot of self-righteous dudes out there. That's terrible. You're a bad person. No, you weren't your fan. Your fan. You're allowed to be you're allowed to wonder. You're allowed to ask about the product that they're putting in front of you that you're spending your hard-earned money and your emotion investing in. You're you're allowed to wonder about it. We went through it with Chris Bosch. You, you're, you, and, and you'd get the right, they put their thunder nose up at you. No, no, no. Same thing here with, with Kyle Lowry. Be respectful, but you're allowed to wonder, is he going to be on the road trip? When is he coming back? Is this going to be an issue throughout the season again? You're allowed to, you could be respectful about the situation, and you're allowed to also ask all of these questions in regards to the basketball team. Unless, unless the team doesn't want you to care about the team anymore. And if that's the case, then okay. All right, whatever. But if you're supposed to still care, you're allowed to ask questions about the on-court product and who's going to be there and who's not. So, look, I hope Kyle Lowry's back soon. I hope he's on the trip. I hope he's leaving today with the team for the five-game road trip. And I really hope that everything works out for him personally. I'm also able to wonder when he's going to get back, when he's going to be on the floor, and how he's going to play. I'm allowed to. You're allowed to. Don't, don't, let, don't let anyone thumb their nose up at you and tell you that they're not allowed to, that you're not allowed to. I also want to say, you know, I object to, and, and Sedano talked about this yesterday, like Sedano brought it up, and I got some responses to on Twitter, you could tweet to me, at Zaslow Show, you could also hit me up on Instagram, I'm an influencer, but it, I, I love talking to you guys, at Zaslow, at Zaslow J, at Zaslow Show on Twitter, and Sedano brought this up with the whole, you know, Caleb Martin isn't a starting player, and I, I object, like Caleb was in double figures again last night, I object to the whole Caleb Martin's not a starting player topic. You don't have to have a stud at all five positions on the floor at the same time. You don't have a stud at all five starting positions. I mean, Jimmy Butler has a max contract. Tyler Hero has, you know, is making what, starting next year, $30 million a year. Bam Adebayo has a max contract. Kyle Lowry is making $30 million a year. If you're paying those guys that kind of money, not every guy on the floor and not the fifth guy who is sandwiched in between those four guys right there, not all five guys need to be suds. Like, if those four guys are being paid that way, they're expected to perform at a certain level, which for the most part they are. The fifth guy there doesn't also need to be a stud. Doesn't also need to be a star. 
Like, I would expect if those guys are being paid the way they are, there's an expectation of their performance, of their play, and that would mean that, yeah, you don't necessarily have to have a stud. The fifth guy doesn't need to also be a stud. So, I am, it's not an all-star team. It's not supposed to be an all-star team. So, I, I object to the whole Caleb Martin's not a starting player. He could easily start on this team. And he's been doing a really nice job. I'm a fan. He's been doing a really nice job. You don't have to have all five guys stud. I mean, hell, when the Heat went to the finals two, uh, three seasons ago now, like, Jake Crowder's not a stud. He'd had a lot of success with Jake Crowder in that starting lineup. Because you got other guys there. Uh, yeah, Goron. I believe Goron was still starting at the time, right? You had Goron and Jimmy and Bam. And then you plug in two other guys. There's an expectation of those three guys. And you plug in two other guys. And those guys were Duncan Robinson and Jay Crowder. So I object to the whole Caleb Martin is not a starting player. Caleb Martin's not a starting four. Why? I mean, if you have a middling team, a middling starting five, then you can nitpick. You're like, you got to be better than this guy. Well, not when you got Jimmy and Bam and Tyler Hero and Kyle Lowry there. Caleb Martin absolutely is a starting player when he's surrounded by those guys. So I don't want to hear that anymore. I want to do a little bit on LeBron here. So, we'll get Romberg on in just a few moments here. So, give LeBron a listen after the game last night. LeBron, a good game. And and good for him. Like, oh, Zazzle, you got to give it up for LeBron for playing last night. Second night back. Why? It's his job. Why? I'm not giving it up to NBA players for playing, all right? I'm glad he played. It was annoying not knowing, but I'm, I'm glad he played. And he played well. Here's LeBron after the game last night. Dennis Schroeder did an interview last week where he said he talked to you and, and you said you'd want to play seven more years till you're 45. <laughs> Were you feeling particularly springy that day? Is that an aspirational number? Um, I, don't, I don't have a number. Um, I know I, uh, as long as my mind stays in it, I can play at this level for for a minute. Um, now, you know, it's up to my mind. It's not my body. It's going to be okay because if my mind into it, my, my, I would make sure my body's taken care of and I'll continue to put in the work. Um, so, um, I'm, a, I'm a winner and I want to win. And you know, I want to win and, and give myself a chance to, to to win and still compete for championships. Um, that has always been my my passion. Has always been my goal since I entered the league at an 18 year old kid out of Akron, Ohio. And I know it takes steps to get there, but once you get there and you know how to get there, um, playing basketball at this level just to be playing basketball is not. It's not in my DNA. It's not in my DNA um, anymore. So, you know, we'll we see what happens and see how, how fresh my mind stays over the, over the next couple of years. All right, so that's, a, that's LeBron from after the game last night, and he's frustrated. But, by the way, it, it didn't sound like when he's saying, I want to win. A lot of times you'll hear that from players, and it's kind of a precursor to, I don't know if I could do that here. I didn't get that impression at all. At all. Like it totally still sounded like he wants to play the rest of his career there with the Lakers. So I, I maybe you're seeing that different. I didn't get that at all. That's not what I heard there. 
I, I, that was essentially about how long he wants to play. I mean, seven more years. Holy crap. I know he wants to play with his son, but he wants to win. So there's a little bit of frustration there, but I don't think it's frustration to the point where he's not going to want to still stay with the Lakers. But here's the thing. LeBron wants to have it both ways, and you can't have it both ways. I'm not doubting that LeBron wants to win. But what I am doubting is that LeBron wants to win over money. Money's first. And you, you're, this is, and good for LeBron, man. This is the way it's supposed to be, especially at this point in his career. But like, I saw Ira Winderman in the South Florida Sun Sentinel, who's the best, obviously. All right, everybody knows that. And, and, and I saw, you know, a headline from him, does LeBron deserve better? No. No. LeBron doesn't deserve better. LeBron absolutely does not deserve better. Because here's the thing. LeBron's making almost $50 million this season and next season. Remember, he signed the the big extension. Now, not this year because they're tied up in salary cap hell, but next year, they're going to have some salary cap, like, they're going to have some salary cap space. LeBron signed this massive extension, which showed you, hey, and by the way, LeBron deserves this. LeBron signed this massive extension at the detriment of, of helping his team win. And I'm not talking about one of those deals where instead of signing for almost $50 million, hey, LeBron, you made so much money. Why don't you sign for $5 million and leave all the money? I'm not even talking about that. If instead of signing for almost $50 million, LeBron could have signed for almost $30 million. $30 million. I mean, think about it. When he was with the Heat, he made $15 million a season. LeBron could have signed for almost $30 million a year. And that Laker team, not this season because they're tied up, but next year, that Laker team would have so much money to spend in free agency. But no, LeBron wanted the max. He wanted almost $50 million, which he deserves. But winning is not the most important thing if that's the case. The money is the most important thing, which is fine and probably the way it should be for a player at this point in his career. He's won four championships. Get all the money you can. But don't let LeBron tell you that winning is the most important thing. Winning is not the most important thing. It's why he's out there in LA in the first place, all right? But instead of signing for almost $50 million, he could have signed for like $30 million a year. And the team would be in a much greater advantageous position to wind up putting winning players around. LeBron does not deserve better. If LeBron took a a, a pay cut and a pay cut, we're talking 30 million. If LeBron took a pay cut and the team is, you know, this is what they've surrounded him with, then yeah, man, LeBron took less money to stay there and give them flexibility. And this is, this is what they got around him. Man, LeBron deserves better. That's not what happened. LeBron signed for the most money he possibly can, and at 38 years old, and the next year at 39 years old, and at 40 years old, they're paying a guy almost $50 million. And it's makes, as a result, you can't put the team around him that he deserves. He doesn't deserve better. He's getting exactly what he deserves, because he didn't want to take a team-friendly deal. If he took a team-friendly deal, and again, Team-friendly would have been them paying him $30 million a year. If he took a team-friendly deal, then he would have deserved better. He doesn't deserve better. He put the money first, and that's okay. That's what he should do. But he didn't deserve better. 
He's getting exactly what he deserves. LeBron has made almost $400 million in his NBA career. We're not talking about the off the court stuff. He's well over a billion with all of that. He's made $400 million in his NBA career. He couldn't have taken $30 million a year on this contract. And then you put your team in a position to win. And then you deserve better. But no, he had to get the most money. So he doesn't deserve better. I don't hear that. Does LeBron deserve better? No. If he took a pay cut to just $30 million a year, then he deserves better. But he wanted all the money. And that's great. But you don't get to have it both ways. If the winning was the most important thing, you take less money. So that your team can put together a a better product. So they have more wiggle room. They have more financial flexibility. But LeBron wanted what he the, the money that he deserves. He deserves this money, that's for sure. He wanted the money that he deserves. But with that money, you, you're not going to get the winning. He didn't help the team. So he doesn't deserve better. Not at all. All right. I'll tell you what you guys deserve, though. If you're not feeling well, you deserve to be seen by a doctor immediately. You'll call your doctor... Hey, Doc, I got a, I got a fever. I, I, I'm not feeling well. I got to see you. All right, come in. We got an appointment ready in uh, February. Uh, no, that, that's... I need to see someone today. Doctors on call 365, South Florida's urgent care that comes to you. That's who you're going to call. Forget about calling your regular doctor if you're not feeling well. You need to see someone immediately. Doctors on call 365, they're going to come to your home or your office. Maybe you're trying to power through it. Or if, you, if you're staying at a hotel, whatever you got going on, that's not my business. But what is my business is making sure if you're a listener of Zaslow Show 2.0, that you feel good. All right. And if you support the show, you got to support the sponsors as well. But here's the thing. Doctors on call 365, they're trying to help you. South Florida's urgent care that comes to you treating children, adults, elderly, if minor illness, minor injury, you need blood work, you need uh, a COVID test, a flu test, strep test, you need x-rays ordered. He's not going to do x-rays at your home, but you need x-rays ordered. You need a prescription filled or refilled. Let Dr. Alon and his team at Doctors on Call 365, I've used them twice, all right? It is so convenient. It's a pleasure. You go to the emergency room, you're waiting forever. Your copay, it's going to be up the wazoo. You're paying out of pocket right now. You got Medicare acceptance coming soon, private insurance coming soon as well. You're paying out of pocket but it's going to be less than your copay if you go to the urgent care, you go to the emergency room, and you're waiting forever there anyway. The convenience, oh, you can't put a price on it. Doctors on call 365.com, 786-577-9302. That's 786-577-9302. All right, so you know every time we have a guest who appears on the program on Zaslow Show 2.0 brought to us, by Johnny Cuba, European roots with a Caribbean soul. Start your start your weekend. Maybe you want to get the weekend going early a little bit. I, I don't know what you're up to. It's Thursday. Get it going a little early. Start your weekend with a refreshing German lager in a can. You can pick up a six-pack of Johnny Cuba today. It's Sedano's, Presidente, Winn-Dixie, Fresco y Mas. You got holiday specials going on right now all through this season. And don't forget Johnny Cuba's mantra, stay tranquilo. Joining us here, we have our pal, Brett Romberg, who looks very excited. This is nice, right? Look at you. Was that excellent pronunciation on my part? I was like, did you just roll your R? That's, That's the first right. You roll an R. I've been living here my whole life. I'm finally getting the hang of it, right? Let's go. Come on now. Let's do it. 
better than hearing a Jewish dude roll his R's. It sounds phenomenal. I love it. How you feeling, man? You doing good? I mean, you got your you got your canes. You got the U shirt right there. You're not embarrassed. Like you're no. you're okay. You're, you're you're feeling all right about the Hurricanes. Uh, obviously, nobody wanted the the ending outcome of what happened, but clearly, people have been paying attention to what Mario Cristobal's got going on with with the recruiting stuff, and for him to finish. The way that he finished off that recruiting season was absolutely incredible. It, if you really think about it, there's a reason why he won recruiter of the year while he was at Alabama. And he, and he basically, if he wasn't the winner, he was a runner up when he was at Rutgers and those type of things. So watching him dominate, be a top five, big five conference uh, championship coach and seeing him recruit and ultimately go back to some of the well that he ended up recruiting originally out of Oregon and having those guys pull and flop and flip and even as at Alabama. So seeing the O-line get a lot better, that, that that's huge for me, huge. So everything you're saying right here is valid, but what's the difference between like, what? why is this going to be any different than, you know, Canes have had the great recruiting classes. I mean, very infamously, you remember, Randy Shannon had the amazing Northwestern recruiting class, you know, like, why is this any different? The reason why I think it's different is I could give you this statistic. People thought that we were talented the year before, right? Like Manny's finally, that, that was one of the biggest arguments is, well, we, we went, we did a lot better when Manny was the head coach with the same guys. And um, no, no. If you look at, film if you watch film and if you dissect film the way that the kids were operating blocking and then all the other accoutrements that i saw off of the football field um the answer is no and the reason why it's no is because when you look at nfl talent and nfl scouting you can you can i'll give you two reasons um we were ranked 11th out of 12 acc teams in terms of talent pool which is utterly embarrassing so our talent pool was ranked 11 out of the 12 ACC teams. Secondly, I don't know if anybody's noticed, but all these kids that wanted to leave and get in the transfer portal and have an opportunity elsewhere, anybody see any of the big schools coming around and picking them up, i.e. even their former offensive coordinators, defensive yeah. court? Yeah, just nobody nobody wants them. They're, and there's a reason why. I was so, always – like the way that it was explained to me was that last year with Manny or even the last couple years with Manny, like it was bad players – in a scheme, in a system that worked for them. And now the first year with Mario, you had bad players in a completely different scheme that didn't work for them. Yeah, and and, and you couldn't be highlighted even more when you're looking at Gaddis's offense, right? So Gaddis is coming from a very highly enriched, talented University of Michigan team uh, who, who absolutely dissected and throttled Ohio State this year, which was beautiful on my Christmas list as well. Um, but, you know, him having a little bit of an ego, which a lot of offensive coordinators do, and trying to stick to his system while trying to accommodate some of the lack of talent, that was evident. He would flop back and forth from a spread offense back into tighter packaging because of the quarterback rotation and the lack of wide receiver talent. So now I hope, I hope that he's going to get a bunch of guys in there willing to work hard, willing to do whatever it takes to be old school Miami hurricane mentality. And I'm sure everybody's you know super fed up with hearing about the old school mentality, but uh, it's literally the only thing that works down here. It's kids that have passion to perform for the crit, like for this place, it's not a passion to perform for NIL deals, uh, for money, for the bag at the end of the day, which, you know, there isn't any more resources than there is down here in terms of you're looking for that. And, and that like the university has stepped up and they've they've created um, 
I guess you could say like almost like a portfolio or or they put together a plan, let's just say that, to go ahead and accommodate and compete with some of these NIL deals that are going around the country. So um, very rich surrounding areas, very rich businesses, very rich people. And then you want to mix in, you know, the old mentality of fun in the sun and the beach and all that other stuff. It's just it, it's getting a lot better. So you're, you're telling the Canes fan right here on Zaslow Show 2.0, you're telling the Canes fan. This year suck balls, but it's definitely going to get better. A lot better. A lot better. And you're going to see spurts of it. You know what I mean? Like when you strip everything down to the bare roots or the brass roots and, you know, you knocked all the dust off the rebar and you got to put new rebar in, uh, which is your foundation. And, and, you know, there is going to be bumps along the road. You're going to see super highs and lows. But this uh, but is going to be as bad as it gets. It's not going to like it's all the way up from here. Exactly. Like you've hit rock bottom, like, you know, losing to middle Tennessee state. Do you think he knew that this, that maybe not when he took the job, but do you, do you think he, like there was a sign at one point where it's like, all right, th- this is actually going to be re- like, it's going to be a lot more work than I thought it was going to be. Nope. First things he told me when, uh, when I was at his press conference, when they were announcing him uh, was there is so much work to do here. It's okay. ridiculous. It's almost like a, you know, a whisper in the ear kind of thing. Well, of, that's good to hear then. Yeah, it was it was like a you have no idea what's been going on here. Okay. Kind of thing. So I was like, okay, get ready. Um, but, you know, I, I drank the Kool-Aid like everybody else. Yeah. every form there, And, you know, we expected a little bit more. But then once you saw it all stripped away and stripped down, you, you realize that oof, this 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 wasn't good at all. What do you think would have happened? Like on, on, on your Canes team's national champion, you know, two years undefeated until – you know, the second national title game and yet yet all the first round picks, a bunch of those, you know, NFL players were backups, you know, at, at first on your team. How would the transfer portal have changed all that? Like, would some of those guys have bailed? Funny you ask that question. And uh, no, and, and I'm saying no, not because of, of me and I was the starting guy, but in our group chat from our 2001 and 2002 team, like I said, we have about 75 guys every day. It's like, I'm freaking answering Joaquin's happy birthday to this guy. Happy birthday. To that guy. <laughs> it drives you nuts. All you hear is ding, ding, ding. Um, but, but all of the other guys, like for instance, it was the twins birthday, Mel and Rel Weaver came from the West, uh, local, local high school phenoms, fastest guys on kickoff cover would light my brain on fire every practice because they were the scout team linebackers and they would come downhill and wreck shop. These guys basically started on special teams, never got much playing time on our starting defense. And they made it a point where we didn't care. We were part of something special. We knew we can go somewhere else and play somewhere else if we really wanted to, but we wanted to play here and be part of this. So just judging by those two guys' comments and like guys like Jason Gathers and, you know, even Joel Rodriguez, who's his birthday today, shout out. Um, I, they all say the same thing. It's like we knew we had to wait our turn. We we earned our stripes, much like what Alonzo Highsmith says with, you know, the swag. Swag isn't a, a bag of money, and it's like not the color of your shirt or or a chain that you wear around your neck. It's it's the doing stuff on Saturdays. It's the working out extra. It's running the hill. It's it's everything else that comes with it that makes you earn your swag. How about Ed Reed? You know, I I, I talked a little bit about this on the show yesterday where you could understand black dudes who get upset when it comes to the coaching opportunities where, yeah. you know, Deion Sanders is probably the greatest cornerback of all time. And he has to start his head coaching journey at Jackson State. Ed Reed 
is, uh, if not the best ever, definitely top five safeties of all time. And he has to start his head coaching journey, by the way, with coaching experience, not head coaching experience, but coaching experience. He has to start his head coaching journey and Bethune Cookman. But if you're part of the good old boys club, you get to be Jeff Saturday and start your head coaching experience at the NFL level with no prior experience. Like you can kind of understand how black dudes get upset with coaching opportunities, right? Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you, you know, and I agree with with Joy and 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 all of her stuff that she says on her show. Um, that was that was a one off. Like that was that was by far one of the more insane things that has happened in the NFL. But this is this is stuff that goes back to when you're playing and you're friends with coaches and you're friends with owners yeah. and you keep that relationship alive. And actually, there, there there's a huge thing where in your room and in your film room. If you're caught shaking hands with the owner or even talking with the owner on film, you're getting a massive fine by your teammates. Like nobody likes the sucking up. Um, and then, you know, one of my offensive line coaches back in the day used to tell me that, you know, I don't even know if you could say this on the Internet, but uh, I'd rather have it in my mouth than uh, having it put behind me. You know what I mean? If, if that's if that's a, if you get my translation there, mm-hmm. I think it's pretty pretty easy to understand that um and, and it goes a long way and, and not burning bridges and not mfing coaches and because i've seen it both ways to be honest with you i've seen guys burn bridges not get an opportunity not get paid and then i've also seen guys that shouldn't be getting paid that are getting paid because of a friendship situation so seeing ed reed and going to bethune and and doing what everybody else normally does is start from the ground up yeah. in that athletic world of whether it's film or it's scouting or you know player personnel they all start from the bottom at some point in time um but i think with a guy like ed the reason why is because everybody was kind of questioning ed's dedication to that craft you know like if you think about it and it's no nothing against ed by any means and this is just people making that assumption and i'll make the same assumption where when you've achieved, like, why isn't Peyton Manning? You don't think Peyton Manning could be a head coach somewhere? You know what I mean? Like, there's a reason why he's not is because he's made a shit ton of money. He is getting paid millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars to talk. He about. He doesn't even want to do the Manning cast on a weekly basis. He wants it like every other week. I'm not, like, because they don't need to. And, and they put everything that they've had into the game. So, you know, questioning how much does Ed have left in the game? Does he want to transfer his knowledge? Yeah, of course he does. Does he have that dedication? Because people know his travel schedule of going back and forth from Georgia to Miami, Miami to Georgia, his son playing football. Same reason as Jason Taylor. Jason, you know, the reason why Jason is at the U on like a somewhat of a a part time kind of situation is because he wants to continue coaching, but he also wants to have a relationship with his son and his family. So you can't have both. So Ed basically, or any coach for that matter, ultimately forfeits that family relationship the minute they get into it. How many concussions do you think you had in your career? Oh my God! I, by the Re, by the Weaver twins in practice alone, God, I don't know, at least two or three a year for sure. But and like then, in practice back then, so you're talking twenty years ago, you would suffer what you think was a concussion in practice. You, like you weren't coming off the field, right? Oh God, no, no, no! I, I never missed anything. Never missed anything. Never wow. missed anything. Never missed anything. Uh, even, you know, compound dislocated fingers where bones are sticking out where I can't even grab the football. I was snapping with my other hand, you know, to Ken Dorsey. So, no, there there was there was uh, there was a lot of bell ringing, a lot of walking. So you can't the- even put a number on it. No, God, no, no. Like 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 for real, like serious ones that I, I remember, like not knowing where the hell I was at off the top of my head. I don't know. Ten, twelve. 
like not like literally not knowing what's going on. And then the sounds in the stadium and then all of a sudden it goes deafening. Like all you could hear the roars and then all of a sudden there's no more roars and you're kind of looking around and it's like a movie, like, you know, where the, where you hit that scene in a movie where it's kind of slow-mo and the guy either, whether it's blood sport and Van Damme's doing this with his hands and it's like everything's slow-mo and he can't hear anything. That happens a lot. And back in the day, yeah, you're not. The only reason why some guys are off is because they're throwing up or they're crying uncontrollably. Like Zach Thomas, I tell this story all the time. Zach told me, Zach was like one of my biggest idols being down here at the U. You know, they called me baby Zach because we have that iron blockhead, you know, white dude look to us. And, and Zach would tell me that he'd have to stand up on the sidelines. The doctors wouldn't let him sit down because if he sit down, he fell asleep. Could you imagine in an NFL football game, you're the middle linebacker, cerebrally, you're, you're going berserker because you're trying to know everything that that offense is doing and you're making calls for people. But the minute you sit down in a game, in a three-hour time period of your adrenaline going through the roof, he falls asleep and because his eggs were scrambled. So they would have to make him stand up the whole time when you'd come to the sideline. It's just back in the day, you don't come out. You know, you just don't. And then once 2012 came, New helmets, new equipment, new, you know, new, new medicine, the way doctors even gave you your drugs before games and after games and in mid, mid games, pregame and all that other stuff that all changed in 2012. So what do you make of the guys on television? You know, like Robert Griffin has been really loud about it. Booger McFarland has been really loud about it. What do you make guy, about the guys on television who are talking about, you know, Tua, you got to consider retiring, uh, I got a problem twofold with that kind of stuff. Number one, I think it's pretty rich for these guys who have had full NFL careers and been able to make money to support their family being on television and telling Tua what he should and should not do when he's so close. He's he's less than a year away from the huge quarterback payday. I think that's right. really rich for those guys to be on television and tell him what he can and cannot do. And the second part is everyone wants to play doctor. Like, do you think the doctors who are treating Tua, they're they're ca- they're catching NFL Live and they're hearing those guys on TV like, wow, you know what? Booger made a good point. Why didn't we think of that? Like the do- they're doctors and they're the ones treating him, you know? Like, I, I got a real problem with all of that, Brett. My, not only that, but my favorite is like the local beat writers from every single city that has an NFL team and probably for that matter, a university team creating their diagnosis too. When, when, when Tua went down with the first concussion, like all of a sudden they're an expert. That's a concussion. concussion. I know that's a good, like, like uh, how about the doctors who were there treating him? Can we, can we trust them? Uh, And you're sitting on your couch in your underwear with a bag of Cheetos. Can you trust the doctors? Well, not only that, but the the doctors are going to be super careful nowadays because of lost, uh, individual lawsuits against them. Like I know Uribe when he was with the dolphins, he got sued out the ass like crazy by you know Yatil Green I believe it was when he had a, a turf toe or something no, that was OJ lines. that was OJ oh that was McDuffie yeah like like his medical insurance would only cover so much of that lawsuit so Uribe had to come out of pocket like millions and millions of dollars like that was a really bad ordeal for him and that's why he ended up leaving the organization for a while because he had no support you know so doctors are very tentative nowadays and they're going to be super precautious about the concussion game, especially because it's on the news. Every single time a player looks a little bit funky or or takes a hit to the head, you know, immediately it's all about the doctors. But but I will say this. Tua is like a toddler that cannot find the athletic ability to fall properly. Like I would advise him in the offseason 
to find some stunt double that he can go learn how to fall properly because he's always spinning and landing on the back of his head. He should wear like or, the board that the linebackers used to wear. Like Brian Cox used to have. Yeah. Put, put, put Coxie's old. Uh, yeah, he should wear the board. I, like I, uh, Charles Oakley, yeah, all those guys from back in the day were. And I had one of those cowboy callers too. Um, but I, I just, I don't understand why he continuously falls and hits his head. Like, do you know any other quarterback in the NFL right now that is that is literally every time he gets tackled, he's he's getting his head he's banged so off. So small, he's so small. That's what it is. Yeah. So so I mean, if you were in his position, would you consider? Would you be like, like, let's say, what if the doctor said to him, "Look, you're in a situation right now. You can play right now, but you know, but if you get another one of these, you know, we could be heading to a territory where." Down the road, you may have some serious, you know, motor issues. Like, what what would you um, do? You know, now that I'm done with the game and I got my own little issues with my brain, um, I and and we were kind of hidden behind that veil, you know, that curtain of no, no, everything's going to be okay in the future, and now everything's kind of exposed and a little bit more transparent of of what mm-hmm. through later on in life, but. I don't know, man, that quarterback money, uh, that ne- next big payday, that's setting up your family, that's generational money. Uh, sometimes, you you know, you're willing to fall on the sword. And I know I know Tua is a very religious man, and I'm guessing and I'm sure that he thinks that God has a plan for him. Uh, I think he's probably going to go ahead and pray about it. Is, is, you know, I'm not I'm not getting into the Tebow thing here, but he seems like at that level of, of, of faith and, and belief in God has a plan for him and everybody else. And I'm guessing he's going to continue to play, especially if he loves the game of football the way that it seems that he loves it. Uh, what, do you, that lock- what do you make? What do you make of the idea of we got to protect the players from themselves? Because to me, man, like these are grown adults who yep. who have all the information. Who no one was forced into playing football. Like there was like it wasn't like you were drafted to go to war. All right, you were you were. This is a, a chosen occupation. And all the information is being presented in front of you. Like, I I don't like the idea of, as, as crazy as it may sound, I don't like the idea of you got to protect the player from himself. I don't know. I'm a grown man. I, I'm allowed to. I can make decisions for myself. Yeah, unless they're like totally incognitive and they don't understand what the hell they're doing. Uh, like they're sobbing or they're throwing up or they're dealing with like the major issues of, of a serious concussion. If they're adamant and they're coherent and they're able to go ahead and give you what day it is and all of the other ridiculous, stupid questions that the doctors might ask you during your concussion uh, questionnaire there, um, I, I think, yeah, you're, you're 100% correct. You elect to play football. It's a violent sport. If you didn't like it, you should have played something else. You should have elected to play baseball, badminton, volleyball, whatever kind of other scholarships the schools might offer you. But, you, you know, you know what you're doing. You, you know what you're getting into. It's it's uh, it's. 200 plus pound, 300 plus pound men running at speeds that they should not be moving at and that have extraordinary athletic ability that it's like running into a car or a wall. Uh, and you got to be prepared to, to to basically suffer the consequences. Did you like playing in the cold? The Dolphins, of course, a couple of weeks ago had that game in Buffalo. We're into the weather now. It's end of December, January. We're going to have some cold playoff games. Did you like playing in the cold? Uh, yeah, I, in the beginning, I was one of those like tough guys, you know, in my earlier years that would come out, no shirt as repulsive as that might sound. Um, but you can't wear sleeves, right? Like that, that means you're no, soft. No, that's against the rules, especially as an offensive lineman. That's against the rules. And what a lot of people don't know is, and I think the refs are starting to check this now. 
is we used to rub Vaseline yeah. all over our arms. And that would not only, you know, create a nice seal for, for your heat that it wouldn't escape, but it would be hard as hell for defensive linemen to grab your arms and like use them against you. It, but as short as mine were, um, it, yeah. it, it created yeah, you got T-Rex of, arms. Yeah. 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 Old, old, old B-Rex. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, the, that, that whole thing with, with the cold and the exposure, even in Canada, here's the crazy part. This is only playing in like 50 degree weather, 40 degree weather. You know, guys are like trying to be tough guys, even freezing weather and snowing weather. Like, you know, you're in twenties, but in Canada, we were playing high school football in like the teens and I made it a very strong point and everybody else on the team was with me that you don't even wear a t-shirt underneath your shoulder pads. You're going there <laughs> pulling your Jersey up like old Miami style. But what happens is the ground between weeks, sometimes it would be because the weather is so scattered up there that it'll be raining one day and then it'll be freezing the next day. So the ground basically permafrosted itself, but the previous week's game was a muddy mess and the, and, and the, the sharp footprints that guys were leaving in the mud would obviously create like little knives. And then you're falling on that. You're getting cut up and you're freezing. So imagine, you know, your fingertips are freezing and the amount of agreements that go on in the NFL. Don't let anybody fool you. If, if there's a blowout, if there's a game that's not important, these guys are creating handshakes, defensive end, offensive tackles, centers, nose tackles. There's a little bit of handshaking going on. Like, all right, man, let's let's make it look violent. Let's uh, let's try to hit each other as many times as possible without inflicting any kind of pain on our fingers. What was the worst weather you ever played in the NFL? Do you remember the game? Patriots playoff game up in uh, New England where they I think you guys played Miami played the week before us and they were shoveling the snow out of the seats and then we played the following week where it basically they would have to run snowblowers um, on the yard lines on the 10 yard lines you know every 10 yard line down the field so you would know exactly where your 10 yards are um, and then by halftime it was just full out blizzard like you couldn't see anything so and like are you there in halftime in the locker room like fuck man we gotta go back out there <laughs> You're drinking as much chicken broth as possible because when it gets that cold, the only thing to serve on the sideline is like high sodium chicken broth. And you're just sucking that down like crazy. Maybe the odd hot dog or two. But yeah, yeah, it was uh, your fingers are on fire. Everybody's sticking their feet into that giant turbine bench that is heated. Uh, they're fighting over hand warmers and things like that. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty intense. Do you miss playing or are you just so far removed from it? So far removed. Uh, you don't miss it. No, I I, I miss the, the fun locker room camaraderie like for instance i, I flew up to atlanta uh, for todd mcclure's ring of honor ceremony and it was like getting the band back together you know everybody was there like guys that were there playing when uh because you in played- that nice suite that you and i went to the game in dolphins falcons they got they got a really nice legend suite there oh, at mercedes-benz oh. stadium we we ventured into that but we also kind of hung down underneath the bowl of the stadium where it's kind of uh it's like, li- I wouldn't say it's like live, but you know, it's like the, the Dallas Cowboy thing where everything's down on the bottom and you're basically ground level. And all the former players were there. A lot of former players look like they ate the former players. Um, they're, <laughs> some of them are in really bad shape. They're a little bit puffy, you know? So We went uh, to that game at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Dolphins, Jay Cutler actually won that game for the Dolphins. Dolphins and Falcons in the Legends Suite. And that was when at the end of the game, uh, Romberg wanted to fight the actor, Michael Pena. <laughs> He, he he was annoying as shit that day, wasn't he? I was like, I was mortified with the whole scene. Like, okay, so Michael Pena, like you may not, you're listening right now, you may not I recognize him, re- but 
Like, like you may not recognize him by name, but if you saw him, you, ex- you know exactly who he is. All right. He's been <laughs> a thousand movies. Matter of fact, like he's, he's the really funny guy in the Ant-Man movies right now. Okay. Uh, but he's been in a hundred movies. All right. Michael Pena and, and Rom, Romberg wa- wanted to fight him. All right. Not that Michael Pena wanted to fight Romberg. No, not at all. But Romberg wanted to fight Michael Pena because he, Why? like, well, he was there. It was him. And he was there with these two girls, all right? They were sitting in front of us for most of the game. Right. He was talking about going back to, like, a studio or, or something. Yeah, like, he was real. Like, he was he was, he was, was doing the whole spiel, man, like, trying to impress them. And they Shoot. were impressed. Like, they were there with him. They were impressed. Like, he's an yeah. actor. And and he's just, he's spitting game the whole time. Yeah. And and yeah. I had to, Romberg's just like, yo, I'm going to say something. I, I got to, I'm going to say something. I, he, this guy is such a tool bag. I'm going to say something. And I'm, I'm like, please, please don't say anything. It's about to be a whole scene with stupid Michael Pena. <laughs> so dumb. I have a tendency of like, I don't know if it's that I don't want to watch the game or, or I have a hard time watching football games and I just want to cause trouble. I, I think I get a little ornery, like the, you know, the sweep for the FSU game. I don't think there's been a time where I've actually said well, like you much. weren't drunk, like the FSU game, you were, you were very inebriated. You, yeah. you know, this game, like you, you weren't like, you were totally no. fine. You were just really yeah. annoyed with Michael Pena from Ant-Man. I, I just don't like shooters. I can't stand guys that, you know, leverage their, uh, they're, 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 they're 17 cameos. You know, I, I can't stand that. Always. Ha- I'm always like, I'm, I'm like, I'm like a moment away from trouble when I'm out at these events with you. Like when you and I went to see Slipknot and, 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 there, and, and we almost had to rumble. All right. With a bunch of greasers. All right. You remember that? You remember what happened there? Romberg yeah. and I are at Slipknot. And, and I think you're the, I think you're the antagonizer. To be oh honest. my. And, and that was like, that was almost a, like the Michael Pena situation. I wasn't going to have to do anything except suffer secondhand embarrassment. But in, 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 at, at the Slipknot concert, I mean, I was going to have to get down, and it was going to end so poorly for me. Like, I'm going to have to get down because, like, if Romberg's about to get involved in, in, in a tussle with, uh, you know, four or five greasers, like, I'm going to have to do something, and it's going to end with me cold-cocked on the concrete, you know? Do you remember what happened that night at the amphitheater? Do you remember what yeah, happened? There was- there was guys beside us and they kept trying to like bump us or get close to us. Right. They were well, like, invading. he was standing in front. Like we were in the first row of our section. So we had lots right. of room and buddy just kept kind of creeping over just so we can get a good view. And eventually right. he creeped so far that he was like totally in front of you. Yeah. And, and I was I able to-, to sense it coming, you know, I'm like, <laughs> like you're, I could tell Ron was getting annoyed, you know? Right. And then, and then all of a sudden you gave him a, a, a loud, he wasn't wearing a shirt. And you gave him a loud pat on the back of the shoulder, and yeah, and he let turned, him know. yeah, and he turned. I was like, "Hey, what's up?" And you're like, "What's up?" He goes, "Yeah, it's just enjoying the show." And you were like, "Not I here, did. you're not." No. And, and and so then he walked back over, I don't know, like five seats down to where like three or four of his greaser buddies were, and mm-hmm. he kind of says something to his buddy, and then his buddy, like the three of them, look over in your direction. And Romberg just looks at them, shakes his head no, <laughs> shakes his head no, and then those guys they uh they 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 slithered away. Yeah, I, basically, I was letting them know, you know, via sign language that no, today's not your day. This not, is not right, not, not whatever that. you're thinking about doing. 
this is going to end poorly for you. Yeah, especially during a Slipknot concert when I'm already on edge. No, you know, you, you can't do that. I'm like, oh, thank God this ended this way. It could have went in such a different direction. <laughs> what was weird is when you got behind me and tried to get to the other side of me. That was <laughs> <funny>. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, good catching up with you, dude. You got anything you need to promote? You got anything going on other than Daddy Daycare? Oh man, just you know, getting ready to go ahead and uh, do the do the family holiday vacation thing, and I get to hook up with my old buddy Drew Bennett, his family over okay. there. So it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be adventurous. A lot of après de ski is gonna go down. I imagine you know what that is, right? What is that? Like like halfway down the mountain, you stop and you have a couple cocktails, and then you finish off and you finish. Oh really, dude? It's a huge thing. Après de ski after ski. Okay, all right. Yeah. I was not aware of that. All right, oh, good yeah. looking out. And, and you're gonna, you're, they're gonna be coming out with like hot cookies that they freshly bake all day long for the kiddos. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's fun. It's pretty cool. Yeah. All right. Romber going skiing with his girls. The Zaslow family's going skiing as well. Not in the same place, but at the same time. There you have it. Absolutely, man. Two, two peas in a pod. All right, man. Uh, great job, Romber. Appreciate you hanging out again, dude. Oh man, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Great job by Romber there. Whoa, what a great guy. Never gave up a sack in college. Never. Ken Dorsey was never on his back as a result of the Rom Dogs play. Never gave up a sack. I didn't give him the proper intro either. I, I should message. I'm sorry. Usually I bring him on, you know, national champion, Remington Award winner. Uh, never gave up a sack to Ken Dorsey in his collegiate career. That's a terrible job out of me. I apologize, Rom Dog. I'll have to send him a message. Hey, you got Thursday Night Football tonight. Cowboys and Titans. If you're looking for a place to watch, Briny Irish Pub, Pompano Beach. You know that's my spot for NFL Sunday ticket for the Dolphins this weekend. Dolphins at Patriots. I will be there at the Briny, Briny Irish Pub, Pompano Beach. But tonight, you got Thursday night football, Cowboys and Titans. You got fresh food. You got cold, fresh craft beer. You got your favorite cocktails going on. You got all kinds of specials. Briny hour, that's happy hour. Monday through Friday, 4 to 7 p.m., World's greatest upscale dive bar. You got live music every single night and tonight, 8 15, of course, Thursday night football. So head on over to the Briny. How do you get there? So easy. Atlantic Boulevard, all the way to the Atlantic. Now, don't park in the Atlantic Ocean. Park behind the Briny. Free parking. They will validate you, okay? Free parking behind the Briny. World's greatest upscale bar. Like I said, Atlantic Boulevard, all the way down to the water, but park behind the Briny and they will validate you. You won't have to pay for parking. All kinds of specials, and I'll see you there on Sunday for Dolphins and Patriots. So, Panthers back tonight. Panthers have the Canadiens. You get a really big crowd there at FLA Live Arena because you get all the French Canadians. You get the Snowbirds. So, Panthers, uh, they've lost they lost back-to-back to finish the before the holiday break. They have not won three in a row. You know that? They have not won three in a row this year. Let's see what's on tap for the Panthers. All right, tonight, like I said, you got the, uh, you got the Canadiens who... Uh, who are not any good, but neither are the Panthers. The Panthers, here's what the schedule is like coming up for the Panthers. Tonight, you got Montreal. Tomorrow, at Carolina. That will be tough, obviously. And then back home on Sunday against the Rangers. And that will be tough as well. The Rangers are on fire right now. So the Panthers, struggle city, man. You look at the standings, I think they're nine back of the wild card, which, like, look, we are, it, it's amazing. And the Panthers, yeah, they are nine back of the Rangers. Nine points back of the second wildcard spot. Overall in the East, they're 12th. So this team, I don't want to hear about injuries. This team went from first place all year last year, essentially. President's Trophy winner. 
to before January, the very next season. You can count them out as far as the playoffs. Count them out. They're not going to make the playoffs. That's, that's rather stunning. President's trophy winner to the next season before January. They are done. Nine points back. Can't make it up. It's too many. So, But I'll be watching. Like I said, no spoilers. I'm going to WWE tonight. I'm going to WWE Live. I'm very excited tonight. No spoilers. Nobody text me. Don't tell me what's going on in the Panther game. I'm recording it. And I'll watch you when I get back. You know my style. Come on now. We found out yesterday, of course. We'll do a lot on the Dolphins tomorrow. Tua. Tua's out. Teddy Bridgewater's going to start. Do your job, Teddy. Haven't won a game this year for the team when you've been in there. The game that you came in for Tua and the two others that you started. Haven't won a game. Go up. Come on. Do your job. Win a game. Dolphins can clinch if they win this weekend and the Jets lose at Seattle. But of course, the Dolphins can clinch if they win both games. You don't have to worry about anyone. Dolphins can move up to sixth. I went over the scenario yesterday. They can move up to sixth if they win their final two and the Chargers at, you know what, whatever. Off the top of my head, I can't do it right now. Uh, just, just go out there and win the final two games. All right? Just win the final two games. Dolphins, you know what? I, I could do it, actually. Dolphins win their final two, and the Chargers lose their final two. Dolphins would move up to six. If the Dolphins win their final two, and both Baltimore and the Chargers lose their final two, you can move up to fifth. There you go. There you have it. Everyone's happy. Now you understand. All right. You guys know what time it is. Let's do some big deal or not a big deal. Come on now. Here's what we got going on. All right. Big deal or not a big deal. There was some happenings in the NBA last night. All right. First up, the New Orleans Pelicans. They are fun, man. Zion Williamson is awesome. That's an easy team to root for. I will be the Western Conference will be fun as hell come playoffs. You got teams that look like contenders like New Orleans, like Memphis, like Denver. West is wild. Wide open. But last night, you had Zion Williamson. They were playing the Wolves. The game was tied. There was like 30 seconds remaining. Wolves had the ball. Give it a listen. And Zion takes it away. Oh, my goodness gracious. Joe, what are we seeing? We are seeing a superstar. Love a little bit of Antonio Daniels on the call there. What you're watching is, is a future MVP candidate. You're watching one of the most exciting players in the world right now. Zion had a career-high 43 and that ba- they ended up holding on. They win by one, 119-118. That basket put them ahead, 118-116 late. Uh, so Zion with the career high and with the clutch play, the steal and the dunk on the other end. He's awesome. He's a lot of fun. That's a big deal. A new contender out West, that's a big deal right there. Big deal or not a big deal? Let's stick with the NBA. So you had the Pistons and the Magic. Pistons won last night. But you had you had a situation Okay, in Detroit at Little Caesars Arena. And there was a, an errant pass that was thrown into the backcourt by Orlando. You got Mo Wagner, who's kind of chasing it down, but it's one of those plays where if he picks it up, it's going to be a backcourt violation. So he's kind of just guiding it out of bounds. Well, Killian Hayes is running up the sideline there. He wants to pick the ball up and, and try and score. Well, Mo Wagner, instead of allowing him to do that, he bumps him and body checks him. It wasn't wasn't strong, but because Killian Hayes was moving so fast, even a little kind of bump. You know what it reminded me of? That playoff game where Robert Ory did the same, a similar thing to Steve Nash, and Nash went crashing into the scoreboard, and players came off the bench for Phoenix. They all got suspended, turned the whole series around, and, and it was a disaster. 
Very dirty play by Robert Ori there. And here, so Mo Wagner body checks, not hard, but because of the speed that Killian Hayes is moving, super dirty play. Wagner knew exactly what he was doing. Killian Hayes goes flying into his bench. And now you got a little bit of a fracas where Killian Hayes gets up, sucker punches Mo Wagner in the back of the neck. Mo Wagner lights out, out cold, out cold. Bad situation, bad scene. This is a big deal, all right? It's a big deal because uh, Mo Wagner, super dirty play, and Killian Hayes, you punch a guy, punch a guy out, punch a guy in the back of the head, I would expect Killian Hayes is going to get at least 10 games. Very big suspension coming from Killian Hayes. Very ugly scene. Now, it's a big deal because you got to remember, this is Detroit. Malice at Palace. And they clearly have a protocol that was set in place from 18 years ago, 2004, where if we have a situation like this again, this is what happens. Code red, everybody. Code red. You had the PA announcer. He was ready to go. And listen to him put down this warning to the people in attendance. The moment you move, you're going to jail. Stay in the Whoa! They do not mess around in Detroit. If you move, you will be arrested. They've been waiting 18 years for this moment to make sure they don't have another malice in the palace, and they are ready to throw you in jail. The PA announcer, he must have, like, a script that's right next to him, which he hasn't had to use in 18 years. Like, if it happens again, you revert right there to that. And you tell anybody, if they move there, go into jail. That, that was a scene last night. That's a big deal. Not to be outdone. Dirtiest player in the NBA is arguably Grayson Allen. Mac Jones is the Grayson Allen of the NFL. We talked about this. Grayson Allen, all-time hateable Duke player. Look, Grayson Allen plays like a thug. The thug out there. Grayson Allen last night, he got on a pick-and-roll situation. He got pushed by Patrick Williams. This is actually called a foul on Patrick Williams. He got shoved by Patrick Williams. But then Grayson Allen, instead of, like, stopping his momentum, decides, ah, I'll just go full force, and I'm going to forearm and shove DeMar DeRozan to the ground. So unnecessary. DeRozan gets up. He's really angry. Grayson was like, whoa, what did I do? Hey, a thug, all right? Whoa, what did I do? And y- this is a big deal, all right? But you got you got to listen to the Bulls announcers here. Uh, Adam Amin and Stacey King. Stacey King, who's always super over the top. Give these guys a listen. Incidents at Duke. Watch this. He's had multiple incidents in the NBA. See, look, boom. And he just adds that is completely unnecessary. And he's trying to say he got pushed. He, I, I don't doubt that he got pushed. There's no, there's no reason to add that. Just because you got pushed doesn't give you carte blanche to do that. And that's right. why it's frustrating you, to watch a talented player like Grayson Allen keep getting involved in stupid, he, dumb, he, dirty moments. Let me tell you something. Until somebody, until one of these players, he runs across the He's going to keep player, doing it until he gets a forearm chip to his somebody, face. Somebody gives him a two-piece I, with, a, with a biscuit St- and fantasy. Stacey, you, know, stop doing it. you know that I rarely get upset about You never hear that from the local announcers where they're talking about he, he, he needs to get punched in the face. And that, look, they're right. I mean, somebody does need to lay out Grace now, and it's never going to stop otherwise. The thug. Somebody, is, like, it'll stop when someone lays him out. But you never hear that from the announcers. My favorite part, though, is when Stacey King says, he's trying to say that he got pushed, and literally right when he says that, you see Patrick Williams totally shoves him. That's why it was a foul on Patrick Williams. Totally shoves him. 
into the direction of DeMar DeRozan. But a completely unnecessary play from Grayson Allen. He's always extra. He's probably the most dirty player in the entire league. I hate his guts. Very hateable Duke player. That's a big deal. And finally, one more for you here. Big deal or not a big deal. So yesterday, a shocker coming out of Vegas where Josh McDaniels is totally trying to save his job and blame Derek Carr for the team's offensive struggles. You can't tell. We've seen Jared Stidham. So Jared Stidham is now going to start the final two games. He's benched Derek Carr. Wants to get a look at him. We've seen Derek. We've seen Stidham. All right. Stidham's not better than Derek Carr. Derek Carr's actually pretty good. Stidham's not better than Derek Carr. And this is Josh McDaniels trying to blame Derek Carr. That this is why I've been so bad. I got to give this other quarterback a look now. And Derek Carr, there's no turning back. Like, he is not the Vegas quarterback anymore. Can't turn back from this. So he'll be traded somewhere. Uh, depending on Tua's situation, that could, could be a spot for, with the Dolphins. But Derek Carr has now stepped away from the team. Now, it's not like they're going to the playoffs anyway. They have like a 1% chance. This is a big deal. You don't see this very often. It's a big deal because Derek Carr is stepping away, who seems like an all-time good guy and a great teammate. And it's Josh McDaniels trying to blame, trying to scapegoat Derek Carr and save his job. That's a big deal. And that right there is another addition a big deal or not a big deal. That's what I'm talking about. Thanks, Robert, for joining us earlier in the show today. We'll do the fantasy football tomorrow. We'll be able to react to Cowboys and Titans as Week 17 gets going. We'll be uh, just a couple sleeps away from Dolphins Patriots. Teddy Bridgewater, do your job. The Heat will be starting a five-game trip tomorrow night. Can we start the show tomorrow? That I experienced a great WWE live show at FTX Arena and then got home and watched the Panthers get two points against Canadians. Is that too much to ask for? A home win against a bad team? Come on. Great job by everybody involved in putting together the show today. You all were wonderful. You did an excellent job. We'll talk to you on Zaslow Show 2.0 tomorrow. You know what that means. Ah, the show is over. What better time now than to go out back with a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. That's right. That's what I look forward to after every show. And now my day's work is done. I got a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul. I'm going to sit outside by the pool here at the Zaslow Mansion and just enjoy the rest of my day. Having a Johnny Cuba makes me feel like I'm right back in the Caribbean. We're talking a refreshing German lager in a can. You can get it anywhere. Sedanos, Presidente, Winn-Dixie. And right now, you got special holiday prices on six-packs of Johnny Cuba. Make sure you pick up your Johnny Cuba merch as well. We got the hot sauce coming up. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo because more is always brewing. You know, when my wife and I became homeowners, I mean, keeping the Zaslow Mansion safe, that's not an easy task, unless you call Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. If you're looking for affordable care that offers the best coverage for your home, your motorcycle, your car, your boat, Brunt Insurance and Financial Services, their team has the expertise and experience to find the right coverage for you, including comprehensive policies, For both trailers and motorhomes, let their team help you learn more about your policy options so you can make an informed decision that's not going to keep you up at night. Bruntinsurance.com. When it comes to home, renters, and condo insurance, your options, hey, it, it, it can be dizzying. 
Don't worry, they specialize in making the confusing crystal clear with their fully licensed team helping you along every step of the way. Bruntinsurance.com, 954-589-2204.